This week on The Word of the Lord Endures Forever, we'll study Jesus' praise for the preservation of his disciples. Jesus prays for future believers. Jesus is arrested. Peter's first denial. And Jesus delivered to Pilate. Join me, Pastor Will Whedon, as we continue our walk through St. John's Gospel on The Word of the Lord Endures Forever, your daily verse-by-verse Bible study on demand at thewordendures.org and on the Lutheran Public Radio app. Now pay close attention, little children. It's somebody you ought to know. Yeah, it's all about a man that walked on earth nearly 2,000 years ago. Well, he it is a desperate request on the part of a father for his dying daughter. He even says it, Jairus does. My daughter is at the point of death, and Jesus agrees to come and attend to her and heal her. But it does not turn out to be a healing It turns out to be a resurrection because, well, to be honest, Jesus takes too long to get there. It's not the only time in Jesus' ministry when a desperate request is made of him, when he knows someone is at the point of death, and he does not respond in, well, the way you would expect someone to respond in an emergency. Jesus doesn't seem to see death, even death on the approach, as much of an emergency. Why is this? Welcome back to Issues Etc. on this Tuesday afternoon. We're teaching a Sunday school lesson today, The Healing of Jairus' Daughter in Mark Chapter 5. Pastor Tom Baker joins us. He's host of the radio show called Law and Gospel. For almost 30 years, he met monthly to prepare his Sunday school teachers for the classroom. Tom, welcome back. Thank you. Tom, why is it that uh, Jesus sometimes doesn't seem to be in a big hurry to respond to people's requests. It almost seems like the more desperate the request is, the more casual Jesus is in his response. It certainly seems that way at times, but the answer is pretty simple. If God is not speedily taking care of the situation, he has a reason. And that's what it means to trust in God. We may not know the reason, but there are occasions when he gives the reason. For example, one that's very close to this one. We hear that Lazarus is sick near death. Jesus stays for three days on purpose before he goes to see Lazarus. And the reason for that is in the culture of that day, A person really isn't considered to have died for three days. And so when Jesus shows up, everyone agrees Lazarus is dead. In fact, when Jesus says, open up the grave, one of the sisters says, well, he smelleth. But he opens up the grave and out walks Lazarus when Jesus says, Lazarus, come forth. So sometimes God gives a reason Sometimes he doesn't. Normally he doesn't in our lives. We may pray for something and God waits. He always answers the prayer immediately. But there's kind of yes, no, and sometimes it's a yes, but wait a while. And as we wait, we're wondering, is God going to be answering my prayer the way I want it answered? I've always made this distinction. There's two kinds of prayers. The one prayer is when we're praying for something that God has promised. 
and therefore we just pray for it, knowing that God is going to answer it. On the other hand, there are times when there is no promise in the Bible, and we always add, if it be your will. And God's answer to both those prayers is always, yes, it will be according to my will, as what happened with Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. And in this situation, Jesus tells Jairus to have faith. So Jesus has pretty well promised that he's going to raise the little girl, even if she would die. And Jairus goes with her. And so in that situation, why did Jesus wait? Well, he was interrupted, and we're not going to be talking about that right now. But there was a woman who had a disease for 12 years, and she believed that by touching his robe, she would be healed. And sure enough, that's what happened. So there's a little sidetrack that Jesus has on the way to see Jairus's daughter. In fact, he even says, who touched my garments? And he's in a big crowd. And the disciples say, look at the crowd around you. And you ask, who touched me? But he says to the woman who's healed, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your disease. And that faith, of course, means she trusts Jesus to be healing even her, even if she would just touch his garment. And so then we kind of return to the Sunday school lesson for today, which is about the daughter of Jairus. At first, the father simply wants a healing, but it sounds as though there's a thread running through this, that Jesus says, I said I would come and take care of this. In essence, he says to the man, even if she dies, I will still come and take care of this. Yes. In fact, he even says in verse 23 of Mark 5, my little daughter is at the point of death. Come and lay your hands on her so that she may be well and live. And then it says, and Jesus went with him. The very fact that Jesus would go with him is really something helpful to Jairus. Remember, Jairus is a ruler of the synagogue. He would kind of be like an elder, and he would maybe appoint the people who were to preach. Very important person in that day. And yet, those who were with the synagogue normally are opposed to Jesus. But for some reason, Jairus had either heard him preach or heard about his preaching and was convinced by the Holy Spirit this was an individual who could come and heal his daughter. And so, after the interruption with a woman who had the disease, therefore, they continue their walk. And Verse 35, there came from the ruler's house some who said, your daughter is dead. Why trouble the teacher any further? But Jesus overheard what they said. And Jesus says to the ruler of the synagogue, do not fear, only believe. So that gives some real good evidence that Jesus is going to, even if she is dead, bring her back from the dead. 
Now, there's another occasion when it's a Roman citizen and he says to Jesus, you don't even have to come to my house. Uh, I'm a ruler. I tell people to do this, do that, and they do it, and it occurs. And Jesus doesn't even go to the house, but he cures the ruler's servant from a distance. And the ruler believes that, and sure enough, the servant is healed. So there's an example where Jesus actually does the healing even before he gets there. Why Jesus in our lives sometimes appears to take his time and at other times does it immediately, that's part of the counsel of God. We're not aware of it since it's not explained in the Bible all the time, but because of our trust in Jesus, God the Father and the Holy Spirit, it's like our trust when we were little children in our parents. We just believe that what they say is going to happen. Pastor Tom Baker is our guest. We're teaching a Sunday school lesson on Jesus healing Jairus's daughter in Mark chapter 5. When we come back, he makes it to the house, and then he weeds out the group. He does not allow anyone to follow him except for Jairus and a few of his disciples. If there was a pill I could give you that would make you immortal, how much would you pay for it? Pastor Jonathan Fisk, author of The Issues Etc. Book of the Month, Without Flesh. Because you see, that's exactly what we have. And it's priceless, but it's also free. So why is it that nobody's coming to our churches to get this immortality? I mean, we can say that it's all their fault, or maybe there's something about it that we've forgotten. Learn more and purchase Without Flesh at issuesetc.org. Did you know that Luther Academy has been providing continuing education for confessional Lutheran pastors and laypeople worldwide for more than 20 years? Luther Academy publishes Logia, the Confessional Lutheran Dogmatic Series, and Luther Digest. Find out more about Luther Academy and sign up to receive their free email newsletter at lutheracademy.com. lutheracademy.com and like them on Facebook. facebook.com slash lutheracademy. Hi. I'm Pastor Palmer from Catalina Lutheran Church in sunny Tucson, Arizona. We're a confessional, liturgical, hymn-singing, Bible-teaching, gospel-preaching congregation. And we would love to share God's good gifts of word and sacrament with you. Look us up online at CatalinaLutheran.org or give us a call at 520-825-9255. God be with you. A mobile Lutheran Bible study You're listening to Issues Etc. Thanks to the following congregations for standing with us by becoming an Issues Etc. congregational sponsor. Bethel Lutheran Thunder Bay, Ontario. Faith Lutheran Capistrano Beach, California. Grace Lutheran Racine, Wisconsin. Emmanuel Lutheran Kansas City, Missouri. Mount Calvary Lutheran Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Peace Lutheran Hastings, Nebraska. Risen Christ Lutheran Arvada, Colorado. St. John Lutheran, Strongsville, Ohio, St. Peter Lutheran, Arlington, Wisconsin, and University Hills Lutheran, Denver, Colorado. Find out how your confessional Lutheran church can support this worldwide outreach by including Issues Etc. in your mission or advertising budget. Just go to issuesetc.org, click Support, Donate, and print the one-page flyer. 
When your congregation becomes an Issues Etc. sponsor, we'll publicize your church on the radio, at our website, and in the Issues Etc. journal. Welcome back to Issues Etc. I'm Todd Wilkin. We're teaching a Sunday School lesson with Pastor Tom Baker, host of the radio show called Law and Gospel. For almost 30 years, he met monthly to prepare his Sunday School teachers for the classroom. So when they arrive at the house, what happens, Tom? Yes, when they got there, and he only took with him three disciples, Peter and James and John, uh, the brother of James. And they came to the house of the ruler of the synagogue, and Jesus saw a commotion, people weeping and wailing loudly. Now, this doesn't necessarily mean to be the relatives. You'll recall that at the crucifixion of Jesus, there were women wailing loudly as Jesus was being taken to be crucified. You actually would pay individuals to come and be part of the grief process. Now, it could have been that they were friends of Jairus. Of course, they would have been knowing him from the synagogue and such. But the fact of the matter is their wailing and weeping loudly wasn't necessarily because of the grief over the death of the child, but simply because that was something they did in that culture. And so when Jesus came to them, he said, why are you making a commotion and weeping? Now, one would think that the reason they're doing that is because of the child. But they were lamenting over it, And he says, the child is not dead, but sleeping. Now, if you go to a lot of cemeteries, you will find that phraseology, asleep in Jesus. Now, what does that mean? It means that when a person dies, they do not go out of existence like the Jehovah Witnesses believe and God brings them back into existence on Judgment Day. No, there is a separation of the body from the soul. But when they hear Jesus says she is sleeping, they assume that she's not really dead. She could be dead in the sense of no longer breathing, but from Jesus' point of view, She's sleeping, and the, the word he uses for sleeping is the one that we use when we go to bed at night and we fall asleep. Nobody says we're dead unless we stop breathing, but we're sleeping. So what do these people do when they hear this word of Jesus? And they laughed him to scorn. Now, that word laugh is one in which they're mocking Jesus. They're making a mockery of what he has said. The child is not dead, but sleeping. They laughed at him. So he puts them all outside and only takes into the house or leaves in the house the child's father and mother and the three of the disciples who were with him and goes in where the child was. And then taking her by the hand, he says to her, 
Talitha Kumai. Now, there are two main languages in the Bible, Hebrew and Greek. But occasionally, Jesus also uses the Aramaic. In fact, uh, sometimes the Aramaic is put down to help people understand what Jesus is saying. Like in regard to the Our Father who art in heaven, it's often referred to that Jesus used the word Abba. Remember, Jesus spoke Aramaic, and all of the Greek Bible is a translation of what Jesus said, except for these places where the Aramaic is said. Now, the Aramaic, little girl, I say to you, arise. And immediately, not after a while, but she got up and began walking. And they say she was 12 years of age. Now, there's that section in the Bible that we're not reading for this Sunday school lesson about the woman with the disease. It says that she had the disease for 12 years. So she got the disease when this child was conceived and born. And uh, this day, she not only was rid of her disease, but this child who is dead rose from the dead. And she was walking. She was 12 years old. And they were immediately overcome with amazement. Now, that's really part of the ministry of Jesus. That word amazement also can be translated as they were astonished at what had happened. They, you could just see their mouths open, looking at that, unable to explain it, don't know what had happened. Maybe some were saying to each other, well, maybe she wasn't really dead. But, of course, Lazarus really was dead. That was three days there. And people knew she had died, and they were overcome with amazement. Now, this next phrase is interesting. Verse 43 And Jesus strictly charged them that no one should know this and told them to give her something to eat. Now, that's kind of confusing. It's it's kind of a secrecy that Jesus was keeping. And that's hard to understand because you had the commotion of people outside. What are they going to think when... She comes walking out of the house, and they see her eating. But Jesus was very sure that he had some time here on earth, three years, to do his ministry from his baptism to his crucifixion. And therefore, he did not want to be hurried to the cross. And that's why he told a number of people, this isn't the only time he said something like this, not to tell anyone. I often uh, joked at my congregation for 28 years, is this the Bible verse we want to put over our doorway? Jesus charges that no one should know what he had done. Well, of course not, because there's a distinction used in the Bible that is really good, that a lot of times God tells someone to do something And that is meant only for that person. It's not meant for all of us to follow. And here's a good example, that we 
should be telling people that Jesus was able to raise this little girl from the dead. And after the break, we'll come back and give some application to the radio listening audience. Pastor Tom Baker is our guest. We're teaching a Sunday school lesson on the raising of Jairus's daughter in Matthew chapter 5. I'm Todd Wilkin. This is Issues Etc. Did you know that for over 40 years, Lutheran Church Extension Fund has had the humble privilege of supporting Lutheran Church Missouri Synod Ministries with low-cost loans and resources? This is Rahema Kavuga, Synod Relations Manager of Lutheran Church Extension Fund. Because of faithful investors like you, we've been able to help church workers, congregations, schools, and organizations. To learn how you can get involved, call 800-843-8233. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing through the word of Christ, teaches St. Paul. But what about those who cannot hear? Can they be saved? The February issue of The Lutheran Witness illuminates this topic and others, including hearing the gospel while singing the faith, how to listen to sermons, and proclaiming the gospel in foreign lands. Come, learn how the church confesses the word in words. Visit cph.org witness to subscribe today. The Lutheran Witness, interpreting the contemporary world from a Lutheran perspective cph.org slash witness. Equipping the priesthood of all believers, you're listening to Issues Etc. Would you like to help a college or seminary student attend the Issues Etc. Making the Case Conference? You can purchase a conference scholarship for a contribution of $135 to Issues Etc. You can donate online at issuesetc.org slash scholarship, or you can make a $135 check payable to Issues Etc., Write scholarship in the memo line and send it to Box 83, Collinsville, Illinois, 62234. Did you know that many LCMS military personnel and their families are unable to receive word and sacrament ministry due to the lack of LCMS chaplains? Ministry to the Armed Forces is looking for pastors who will answer the call to serve as a chaplain to provide word and sacrament ministry to the men and women who selflessly serve our nation. Find out more about this exciting ministry by contacting me, Chaplain Craig Mueller, at lcmschaps at lcms.org. That is lcmschaps at lcms.org. This comes from the Sunday School material, the curriculum that forms the basis for our conversations with Pastor Tom Baker every week when we teach a Sunday School lesson. It's called Enduring Faith. Jesus calls death asleep. How is that a comfort to Christians? Well, among other things, the curriculum says death is rest or sleep for God's children. While the body is asleep, the soul is alive with God. Jesus equates death with sleep. It is but a temporary state. Death does not mean the end for believers. We will live forever with our Savior in a new heaven and a new earth, clearly proclaiming the resurrection from a story of Jesus raising the dead. That's kind of a hallmark for Enduring Faith, this Sunday School curriculum from Concordia Publishing House. Find out more about it at our website, issuesetc.org. Click Talk On Demand Archives or call Concordia Publishing House. They'll send you a free sample, 1-800-325-3040. Tom, you wanted 
to get into some application here in the last few minutes of our conversation. Uh, yes, in verse 42, after Jesus raises the child from death, they were immediately overcome with amazement. Now, I can understand the father and mother being overcome, but remember, James, John, and Peter, his disciples, were the three that were there. And if you take a look back in Mark, assuming things were in chronological order, they had already seen Jesus calm a storm, heal a man with a demon, and now heal this woman with this sickness, and they had heard him preach parables, etc. How come they were so amazed? And that is really an application for each of us. We do not regard everything happening in our life as being done by God. A lot of times we think it's our work or we see things and we don't recognize the miraculous element within them. That's why it's very important to continue to come and be with Jesus in divine worship and hear his word. Because a lot of things that may have happened during the week, we now begin to see his hand operating in our lives. And so that's very important that we still remain amazed. We went through the epiphany season right now, which is the way that God is manifesting Jesus, that little baby. He's more than a baby. He's the Christ. He's the healer. He's to be worshiped. He's to be adored. He is God. And now we're moving after the transfiguration into Lent, at which time we will learn even more about Jesus as he prepares to go to the cross to pay for the sins we did. And he's able to do that because he became a human being, and as a human being, he can pay for the sins of other human beings. And because he is also God, his payment is sufficient for the sins of the whole world. So a lot of times we Christians make a commotion and we're weeping too much without recognizing that there are promises from Jesus that are for us. And that's why one of the best books to buy, and you can buy it at any bookstore, it's entitled Promises of the Bible. Because a proper book like that has nothing but Bible verses in it, but they're categorized. Categorized if you lose your job, if you lose your house, if there are problems in your family, in the marriage, with your children. And there's plenty of Bible verses that God has for us. And therefore, that's what the Sunday school teachers are trying to do. You already mentioned the Enduring Faith series. They've got a couple of items that the children can do in discussing this. And one of them is that they pretend that they're each of including the little child, uh, the father and the mother, the three disciples, and how they responded. And soon they will understand we often do respond with amazement or a lack of amazement when we should be amazed. So it's a great Sunday school lesson and shows God does keep his promises, but he does so at his own timing 
and his own timing is always meant to be best for us. So finally, how would you describe the law and gospel of this simple Sunday school lesson with about a minute? Well, I really believe that the enduring faith does a good job here because often when we are sick or we're confronted with death, it causes us to be too overcome with sorrow and despair. Whereas the gospel here shows Jesus' power not only over sin, but also over death when he raised this little girl from the dead. And that's the promise that he gives to every believer in Jesus Christ. On the day of judgment, your body will be raised from the dead to rejoin with your spirit who is already in heaven with Jesus. Pastor Tom Baker is host of a radio show called Law and Gospel. For almost 30 years, he met monthly to prepare his Sunday school teachers for the classroom. Tom, thank you very much. And thank you. In Hour 2 of Issues Etc., Dr. Alvin Schmidt, Professor Emeritus of Sociology at Illinois College, joins us. There's a Wall Street Journal column titled, What the Bible Taught Lincoln About America. Lincoln is known for often quoting, paraphrasing, and kind of styling himself after the Bible. We'll see what Dr. Schmidt thinks about it next. Listen weekday afternoons to Pastor Todd Wilkin and guests on Issues Etc. Issues Etc. is a listener-supported program. Your financial support is vital for the continuation and expansion of this worldwide outreach. Our mailing address, Issues Etc., PO Box 83, Collinsville, Illinois, 62234. Box 83, Collinsville, Illinois, 62234. You can also donate at our website, issuesetc.org. Issues Etc. is a production of LPR, Lutheran Public Radio. Good Shepherd Lutheran Church in Collinsville, Illinois, is happy to support the Christ-centered, cross-focused ministry of Issues Etc., Join us for worship, Bible classes, youth ministry, and other opportunities to grow in Christ. We have a Christian day school for children in preschool to 8th grade. We are located at 1300 Beltline Road. Call us at 618-344-3151 or visit www.goodshepherdcollinsville.org.